everyone. Welcome to my show. Autumn is here. And today we're going to, we have a special guest and we're going to talk to uh, CO, the COO of the Flying Nurses International. And I'm so excited to have her here. So I want to welcome Ms. Dana Erskine Pando to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad I finally were able, was able to get to talk to you. Um, this is so new to me. When I saw it, I found I thought it was so interesting and I'm just so curious about it. So um, can you just, just tell me a little bit about uh, what is the Flying Nurses International? So we are a medical transport company that uh, basically can transport any type of person. Uh, and I say person instead of patient because they're not always quote unquote patients being moved from a hospital. Um, we have a couple different kinds of services that I can get into a little bit later, but we transfer patients um, within the 50 states or pretty much anywhere in the world. We've been in over 150 countries. Oh, okay. So this is, how long has this been in existence? I have worked for this company for 26 years. We were one of the very first, uh, we were one of the pioneers of medical escort service. Okay. Wow. So, so do you find that um, uh, many people know about this or is it? Um, unfortunately, the way that people find out about uh, any type of a medical escort service is, is after some type of an injury or illness. And I can't tell you how many times family members have said to us, I never knew you existed. You know, mm -hmm. thank you for doing what you do. We never would have known you were there. Wow. Wow. So that, that, that's interesting. Cause that like, when I saw it, I was like, oh my goodness, um, what could they, what, you know, what is this about? And I'm wondering if everybody knows it. I'm just in the dark. <laughs> so, no, and it's interesting because uh, one of, one of the, many things, uh, many hats that I wear is I do a lot of our marketing and we market to hospitals. Um, I joined the Aging Life Care Association. So we, we go to a lot of their um, meetings and a lot of their uh, uh, conferences. We go to a lot of case management conferences because ultimately it's usually a case manager from a hospital or a facility that calls us uh, with with a referral. So yeah, we get our name out there, you know, all different ways. Okay. Okay. So, um, this is for people who, um, possibly have medical, uh, conditions or is it just for, um, someone who needs an ex escort, um, like maybe older and may need some assistance. Yeah, so we have two different types of service. So the first service is um, just what you explained, a medical uh, escort type service. Those are for the people who uh, have maybe been visiting family from another country and uh, they're here in the U.S. and they had a stroke or they had a heart attack and now they need to get back to their home country or, or just to another state. Mm -hmm. um, or if a family is moving and they're grandmother uh, is in a nursing home and they want to move the grandmother to a nursing home across the country so that they're still close to the family when the whole family moves for a job. Uh, so those are the types of patients that we transport. And we transport our patients 
99% of our patients travel on a commercial aircraft, just like, you know, a plane that you would take, United, Delta, any of those types of planes. Um, and all of our patients travel in first class and they have uh, a critical care flight nurse or an ER trained flight nurse traveling with them. Oh, okay. So is this something that insurances cover or is it is a private um, it's a case-by-case case basis. Um, as we all know, insurance is in such a flux uh, for what they cover and what they don't cover. Um, but we do uh, work with insurance companies. Um, we, we work quite often with workmen's compensation companies, uh, insurance type companies. Um, but it, it's really hit or miss with what insurance will cover. Sometimes they'll say, oh yeah, we'll definitely cover the nurse, but we won't pay for the flights or we'll pay for the flights, but we aren't going to pay for the ground transportation. So uh, it's just hit or miss. But if the insurance company says that they'll pay for any portion of it, that's better than the family having to pay completely out of pocket. Okay. Okay. So that's good. So is it uh, a variety or is it a lot of aging um, people that you work for? Um, I would say, yeah, predominantly it's a lot of elderly folks. Um, we do uh, work with some clients um, that we transport some children, uh, maybe children with special needs or children that have been injured um, or that require some medical equipment that the family isn't comfortable with traveling with. So uh, we do transport children from three, age three on up. Okay. Okay. And does it matter what the medical condition is? Like, is there certain medical conditions that you do not deal with at all? You know, it's very interesting that you ask that because we, uh, we transport a lot of psychiatric patients. Mm -hmm. um, we transport spinal cord injury patients, uh, patients that are on ventilators or require oxygen, supplemental oxygen, uh, bone fractures, post heart attack or stroke patients. There's really not a patient that we absolutely won't travel with, but there is a type of patient we won't travel with. And that's an unstable patient. Okay. So they have to be stable to be able to travel. Okay. And as far as the nurses that are employed there, is it certain nurses that do certain things that go with certain patients or does, is everybody trained to do everything? Well, our nurses are contracted, so they aren't actually employees. They're all contracted. So they make their own schedules. Uh, um, and it's nice for them because when I present a potential case to them, because they're a contract employee, they have the option to say, I don't really want to take that case. Mm -hmm. uh, I because I do all the logistics side of the company, uh, I try to match the nurse to the patient. Uh, so if I know that a nurse specifically does not like to, um, uh, their favorite patient is not a psychiatric patient, uh, then I would offer it to another nurse that I know prefers that type of patient instead of, you know, right. asking someone that really doesn't want to do that. Right. So, are, um, so because of all the people are contracted, these are nurses that may be working other places or maybe retired nurses, or what do you find that is um, attracted to this particular job? Uh, we have a really wide age range uh, of our nurses, and um, we also have a really wide range of uh, background. 
So most of our nurses are still working and this is uh, what they call their per diem job or their part-time job. The nice thing about nursing is they, uh, they mostly work 12 hour shifts. So if they work three 12 hour shifts in a week, they've got several days off that mm-hmm. they can cluster together and then they can take a trip. So we have several nurses that still do that. And, uh, all, you know, again, all of our nurses are ER or ICU trained. So that's the, the kind of the basis of what our nurses um, background is. Then they have to take a flight physiology test with us and pass that uh, with an 85% or higher um, to be able to be hired. And what that's is, what is that though? What is it's that? all training on how uh, how altitude changes um, a, a person's body and mm-hmm. things that they'll need to be uh, looking out for at flight. So if a patient has, um, say, uh, a chest tube in or uh, a nasogastric tube, uh, then they need to know how to depressurize those as they go to altitude or coming down from altitude. So most people think, oh, a plane is pressurized, but it's actually pressurized usually to eight to 10,000 feet. So if you're taking someone from Florida that's at sea level and take them up in a plane, their body may not equilibrate to 10,000 feet of altitude. So you have to watch out for certain things. Wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. So, okay, so let me um, try to see see if I understand this. You do you take the person from the facility, their house, to the airport, to where they're going to go, and then you transport them to another destination, or does somebody else, the family, have to meet you at the airport, or how does that work? No, we are a bedside to bedside service. So once uh, we get the initial call, um, we put an estimate together and send it back to the client. Uh, and then once we're uh, our service is accepted, we do everything. We get medical clearance for the patient on the aircraft. We uh, set up the ground transportation. Um, we provide the nurse. The nurse goes the day before to do a pre-flight visit. Uh, with the patient. So we don't just show up on the day we're traveling and say, hi, I'm your nurse, I'm taking you. Uh, Because many, many of our patients are elderly, and they may have dementia, or Alzheimer's. And those are not the types of patients that like surprises and, uh, and like to be rushed. Mm -hmm. So we make sure that they have plenty of time to get to know the nurse um, the day before. Uh, The family can ask questions if they're there, the staff can ask questions. And then we handle everything um, literally from the time that the nurse gets there until they uh, turn over care at wherever the destination is, be it a nursing home, family's home, or a hospital. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Um, I had um, uh, someone that I interviewed, and that was one of her problems. Her, her mom had had a stroke right when the pandem- pandemic had. Her mother was in Puerto Rico. And so she had to get her mother and they didn't have transportation to take her from the hospital to an airport. She had a language barrier. It was just, you know, just chaotic for her to do that. Um, So I I'm assuming with your services, you know um, what's expected of from each state or what requirements and you cut through that and you you know what the logistics are and things like that. Correct. It's not just, um, excuse me, it's not just states right now because of post uh, COVID pandemic issues. 
uh, even during COVID, um, I was still flying uh, for the first six months um, after they allowed flights to, to resume. I, you know, everyone was still unsure of what COVID was and what was happening. So to protect my staff, I flew all the cases for the first six months. Oh. Uh, I, I was everywhere, honestly, it, it was a crazy year. Uh, but once we knew kind of where we were headed with COVID, mm -hmm. uh, everything changed with, with booking flights and you had to know uh, how many hours prior to the flight or prior to arrival in the in the country that you were headed to, you needed to have a PCR test done um, or how many vaccines and boosters you had to have uh, and you had to show proof of when you landed. And these um, these uh, procedures changed all the time. And a good example is uh, we had a nurse on her way to the Philippines with a patient. And while she was in the air overnight, their rules changed. So by the time she landed, she had all her paperwork correct when she got on the plane. But when she landed and got off the plane, they, they told her, oh, you can't enter the country because all the rules had changed overnight. So those were some of the, um, the interesting things that we had to deal with and the challenges we had to deal with. Uh, they are easing up, but some countries are still in a very tight um, lockdown or uh, very, very um, selective on who can enter the country and what um, things that they needed to have in place before they actually even get on the plane. So just like that situation, is there any, do you have affiliates over there or in different countries that if something like that happens, that she cannot come into the country, but you have an affiliate there or somewhere? Is that, do you have different affiliates in different countries or? No, no. Uh, so when those kind of things happen, um, the coordinator, whoever is the coordinator for that case, uh, luckily it was me. Uh, so for that particular case, she just called me and uh, we made sure that we got her on another flight and I made sure that she had a place to um, rest until we could get her on the flight. Uh, she wasn't allowed to leave the airport, but luckily they had a hotel in the airport. So she was allowed to go there. And then she just did a turnaround and got back on a flight and flew home. Okay. So what happens? Our to nurses your are very resilient. <laughs> That's great. But what happens to your patient if you were supposed to drop them off at a certain place? Does will does the hospital, a hospital or some some medical institution um, assist you in that? Uh, the nice thing is because we do ground transportation from door to door, mm -hmm. um, I had already prearranged for the patient to be met at the airport. So it it was very streamlined. It didn't affect the patient. Mm -hmm. It only affected the nurse. It affected the nurse. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And we we kind of have a motto: no matter what happens, patient gets there safely. A bomb could go off five minutes afterwards, and the nurse has to deal with it. But as long as the patient gets there safely, everything else is fixable. Wow, that's that's interesting. So, has is it growing? Is it is it growing? Is it you know, it, it, are more people getting involved, more people, are you getting more clients or are you getting more people that want to work with you? I have gotten more applicants this year than I probably have in the last five years. Really? Um, 
I, it, it's it's wonderful because I can be very choosy mm -hmm. about uh, the types of nurses that we bring on. Um, Flying nurses motto has always been uh, honesty and integrity and the client, you know, above all else. Mm -hmm. So I, I look for that in my nurses. We do a usually an hour to two hour phone interview just to start the process. And it gives me an opportunity to get to know my nurses on um, just a one-to-one -one basis. I do all the interviews. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, that, that's great. That's impressive. <laughs> wow. This is interesting. So what do you see for your future? Do you see that? Um, are you going, would you um, partner with medical institutions or things like that? Or do you see it um, growing in that way? We actually, um, I don't call it partnering. We call it contracting. So we contract with many dozens of hospitals all across the country. Uh, we have a VA contract. Um, we transport a lot of veterans. Uh, we contract with um, a couple different states and their state psychiatric hospitals. And we also contract with other hospitals that have larger psychiatric units. Um, uh, so we contract with different entities um, mm -hmm. that tend to move move people around uh, that have medical issues. So we definitely work with a lot of um, various uh, types of patients and types of uh, companies, hospitals, facilities. Okay. Wow. Wow. So if someone wanted to do this, um, what, what would they have to do if they wanted to, you know, do this kind of work? What would they have to, to be do? a flight nurse? Be a flight um, nurse. Yeah, our, our minimum is two years of ICU or ER experience. I can tell you that I have not hired anyone in the last five years with less than five years of experience. Um, we just really want to be sure that uh, they are comfortable uh, making decisions, um, sometimes decisions uh, quickly, mm -hmm. and that they're comfortable doing that on their own. Because once you take the patient out of the facility, it's just you and the patient, right? And you right. have to be you have to be a very um, a very on the ball uh, mm -hmm. kind of nurse. And mm -hmm. so that's one reason why we only will hire ICU or ER nurses. Oh, okay. Okay. Are, what, what are the, what is rewarding about this job? It sounds like it's just, I, I can imagine that it's, it's really rewarding how you're helping families and people to get to destinations, but I want to hear from your words. What is rewarding about this? Cause you've been doing this for quite some time. 26 years. I've worked for the same company. Yeah. Um, for me on a personal basis, uh, kind of being in the in the boss's chair, I guess. Um, I started out as a flight nurse and then I became a coordinator and then I stepped into this position. Uh, I love it to be in my office and have the nurses um, on a trip with a patient and send me pictures. And it's always pictures of the nurse sitting with the patient and they're both smiling or they're laughing or they're enjoying ice cream or... Uh, 
you know, they've, they've finally made it to their destination and their family's there to greet them. Uh, I can't tell you the number of videos I've had of reuniting family members that haven't seen each other in years. And uh, that, that has been something that's very dear to my heart. But as a flight nurse, and I still do fly with patients, probably the, the thing that I love the most is just all the different places that I get to see. Mm -hmm. I, I have a travel bug, always have, um, uh, way down deep. And I have been able to go to so many different places, different countries. Uh, I love, love to learn about other people's culture. Um, so the nice thing when you do travel, if you travel to another country with a patient, then you can extend your time there. Um, okay. Good example. I just booked a, a two nurses on a case with a patient going to Brazil. And one of the nurses uh, is going to extend her stay and travel a bit within Brazil to, um, to check off her bucket list. So that's great. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> so are there, there, there are other companies that do this. You're not the only one. There are, even though we were one of the pioneers 26 years ago, mm -hmm. um, a lot of these companies have uh, kind of cropped up across the, across the country and across the world, actually. Um, the thing is, they can talk the talk, but most of the time they can't walk the walk. Uh, we have a um, an A plus BBB rating. Mm -hmm. We have tons and tons of uh, different reviews. Uh, I follow up with each and every patient to make sure that uh, our care was what they expected, to make sure that they got everything that they need needed, that things went smoothly. Um, we always try to look for room for improvement and try to take care of our patients like they were our, our own family members. Okay, awesome, awesome. What would you say? What would you say to, um, you know, to families like um, just having your kind of service? Like, what would you say to people to encourage them to um, look into this or have this? Because I know traveling now, my mom had Alzheimer's and I know how hard that was um, traveling with her. And one time kind of lost her in the airport, but um, it was really it's difficult to, you know, like you said, they don't like to change. They don't like to be surprised. You got to take your time with them. And when you're in the airport setting, it's sometimes it's so hectic. And this is before COVID. You know, it's right. so hectic and, you know, trying to have the patience to deal with them. So this service, not only for um, if they're sick or medical reasons, but sometimes just to for you to be with them and you to be attentive to them. You know what I mean? So yeah. what what would you say? To, what would you say to that? Like to have people that, you know, for the various ways, reasons why they would need a service like this? Well, that's actually the second side of what uh, flying nurses does and that's called our concierge service okay. um we launched that about four or five years ago and uh we have been on some amazing trips um with people not necessarily all for a medical reason but definitely for some extra extra help um with a patient just just like your mom nice. uh we have we have been to 
France with a family. Um, the father had Parkinson's and his son was getting married. And there was a week long celebration with dinners and parties and uh, rehearsals and all kinds of things. And they took one of our nurses to help take care of the dad. Uh, so that when he got tired, um, he could go back to the hotel and relax and there was someone there. And then none of the other family members had to be disrupted from their time. And it, it was wonderful because the, the father could go to the wedding, he could go to the reception, he could go to the rehearsal dinners, um, but he had someone there that could care for him okay. afterwards. We have done... We have done uh, a sunrise breakfast for a patient with um, Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, four of his five children were able to be there. And our nurse actually cooked everyone breakfast and set a beautiful table for them. And they had sunrise breakfast uh, at the Grand Canyon. And I believe about two or three months later, the father passed away. Um, and that was his wish. That was his dying wish. Mm. Yep. So uh, the concierge service is a really nice, um, unique service that fulfills, I think, a big need, especially um, for a patient like your mom. Mm -hmm. If you would have had just an extra pair of hands or someone yeah. that that could help maneuver through the airport and find the places to go sit that are a little quieter. And uh, those are just the, the little nuances that, you know, when you're in a hectic time and a hectic place and you're trying to maneuver an elderly person through an airport and TSA doesn't wait for you and gate agents don't wait for you. It's just nice to have somebody there that can kind of streamline that process. Right, right, right. Well, that, that's, that's really good because um, what I hear, what I've been hearing a lot, and I, I've experienced this, but what happens is, especially when the parents get dementia or Alzheimer's, you want to take them on trips and, you, they, and uh, people have taken them on a trip and then that's like never doing that again. Yes. You know, I'm never doing it. Every, everybody has said that I took my mom, I took my dad, and I, I'm never going through that again. I'm never doing that again. And because they don't have the help, you know what right. I mean? And now you're telling me that there's, there's your company that can do this, can, can assist in things like this. And this is something to think about because of course, life is still going on. People are still getting married and anniversaries and you want your parent to be a part of that. And they do too. So this is great, a great service for them to really consider and think about, you know, because yeah, it, it can make an awful situation just like you described, we're never doing that again. Right. Um, not have to happen. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. This is great. Is there anything else you would like to, to tell the audience to say, say that, you know, about your company? The probably the biggest thing about flying nurses. Um, I, I have been doing this for 26 years. Uh, so even if you just have questions or you need some advice. Um, a lot of times I've had people call me and say, I think I can do this on my own, but how would I handle this particular situation? Uh, I, I am a wealth of knowledge. So I am happy to give that knowledge to you. Um, I will point out 
where there's going to be pitfalls. Mm -hmm. I am never a hard sales pitch kind of person. Um, I will give you as many pointers as I can. Uh, and I will also tell you, while you're really taking on a lot, um, you may want to consider using a service. It doesn't have to be ours, but you may want to consider using a service. The big thing, big warning I try to tell people that do want to do this on their own, make sure if you, if you don't necessarily use a flight nursing company, make sure that you don't uh, just take the mom out of the nursing home and borrow one of their nurses to go with you or a friend that's a nurse because their liability insurance will not cover them as a flight nurse. Um, yeah. Our insurance is very specific for what it covers our nurses and it covers them specifically to, to fly, to be at altitude with patients. Okay. That's great. That's great. That's great information. And that you are willing to help other people that are interested. Very happy, very happy to help and offer advice. Um, I cared for my elderly mom for 10 years and she just passed in January and we, we traveled with her and we did things with her that most people probably wouldn't have um, right up until probably the last six months when she became so bedridden that there was, there was no chance to travel with her, but Wow. See, see, that's great because I'm sure people thinking that, you know, this, that that part of their life is done, especially when yeah. you have a parent that was a traveler. You know what I mean? If you had a parent that was a traveler, you know that they want that's something that you want to keep going and want want them to do. And you just you know that you feel that you can't do it um, by yourself. Or sometimes you even feel guilty about asking somebody to help you because you know how difficult it is. I cannot tell you the number of people that call us and say, uh, my husband, wife, mother, father is from another country and they had a stroke or a heart attack and their, their only wish is to die in their own country. Mm -hmm. I, I get those calls probably half a dozen times a month wow. and, and they want to go back and they want to, they want to die in India. They want to die in the Philippines. They, they want to speak the language when they're on their way out with people that speak the language. Um, they could have been in this country for 20, 30, 40 years, but at the end, they always want to go back where they're from. They want to go to their, go to their roots and go home. Wow. wow. Okay. Well, how would people get in touch with you? What is, do you, what is your um, website or? So our website is www flyingnursesintl.net. .net, okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, they can email me directly at Dana, D-A-N-A, -A, at flyingnursesintl.net. Or you can call our 800 number, which is 800-801-0211. Okay, great. We are 24, 24 seven service. So you will always have someone, a live person answer the phone. Really? Okay. Wow. This has been wonderful. I am so glad that we were able to talk and you were able to give this information. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people and it's just going to open up another um, service for them and an atmosphere for them to, to even think about, you know, or plan for. Exactly. 
you know, if you know more information, then you can plan for, for things. And that's knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Yes. Yes. And it, and it's, you know, it's, it's not over because, um, you know, especially with Alzheimer's, I thought that that was going to take my mom out. And in a couple of years, she was going to, you know, pass away. And she, she had it for like, I don't know, 12 years or whatever, you know, it was a long time. That's a long time not to travel. That's a long time not to, you know, go, go to events. That's a long time, you know, and the mind, the mind sometimes goes and the body doesn't. So they, they may be confused or become non-communicative, but they can still walk. Right. Right, right, right. Exactly. So this is wonderful. I'm so glad that you're, you're doing this, that you have this, that this exists. And um, I'm sure you're doing a great job at it. And I'm just, I just, I can't wait to get this out there. I hope people really, really uh, use this information and just have another, another service for them to help their parent and help that help them to get through these, these years where they have to care for their parents. So thank you. Our elderly are, are um, becoming the largest uh, group in the, in the U S I keep telling people, people are living longer. People are. are living longer and we have to pay attention to that and, you know, set up and give them the care. You know, they don't, they don't disappear. They're still here. They still exist and they still need attention, you know, and, um, you know, I have an aunt that's 90 and another aunt that's going to be a hundred, um, at the end of this year. So people are just living longer and we need to be conscious of that and put things in place to help them to live a better quality of life. Very much so. Very much so. Thank you so much. Thank you again for allowing me to have this time to talk with you, Francine. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being a part of Ornamus here. Okay. All right. Well, good night. Good night. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you.